All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, we are going to get started right on time. Uh, thank you all for being here. My name is Jody Ashbrook. I'm the founder and chief learning officer of the U School, uh, better known uh, as the school created for the school. And today in our classroom at the U School, we're going to talk about the five steps uh, that you need to take, you or anybody on your marketing team need to take before you spend one more dollar on, I know it says digital marketing, but I want you to think of this uh, towards your marketing strategy overall. So a lot of times what I hear when I work with institutions um, is, you know, they're, they're looking to grow enrollment, um, not really sure of the steps to take. Um, so the default strategy is to spend more money on marketing so we can get more leads, so we can get more students. And um, usually once we start digging in to, uh, seeing what's going on, we find that there's a lot more uh, that can be done to raise that conversion 5, 10, sometimes even 15% without you spending one more dollar on marketing. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you're sitting here and you're, you're thinking about how can I increase my enrollments? How can I maximize my conversion? My marketing budget is decreasing, but my goals are increasing. You're in the right place. We're going to talk about some other places for you to look, those five places for you to look where you can um, maximize that conversion again and also improve your student experience without having to break the bank and find that endless bucket of cash that we're all hoping is going to surface somewhere to spend more money on our marketing. So when we think about the consumer journey, this slide that we're looking at here, really thinking about how, uh, and, and and this is an opportunity for you to do some reflection on your own too. How does your institution through the student experience or through the consumer experience really differentiate uh, yourselves? How do you show distinction? How do you offer personalized support? Which if we think about those two things, and we're going to get a lot more in the weeds over the next 30 minutes on this, but if we focus on those two areas and really making sure that that's happening in the day-to-day, -day, right? It's not just a vision of what we think is happening or what we want to have happen, but it's really what's happening on the front line. That is naturally going to drive outcomes and ultimately increase our revenue. A lot of times we uh, have a, can have a tendency to focus more on that circle number three first. How do we drive outcomes? How do we increase revenue? And we don't really start back at the very beginning of what things are happening in our process or not happening in our process that are creating the outcomes that we're getting. So that's the lens that I want for you to think through today or, or maybe have on as we go through the conversation today. And for the purpose of the student journey, for, for the purpose of this conversation, we're going to think about the student journey from inquiry to contact all the way through to when that student starts class. So however you define retention and support, whether that's when the student begins class, whether that's a weekend, two weeks in, um, that is the place where we're gonna focus our conversation for how can you, um, again, increase those outcome, outcomes, increase the student experience without having to spend a whole bunch of money on your marketing strategy. Now, what I want you to keep in mind as we go through today is I'm not saying that this is an either or strategy. It's either you do this or you market. It's very much an and conversation. But where we have a tendency to get stuck, if we're working with external marketing vendors um, or, or maybe we, we have a team internally that we're working with, 
and we don't really know what we're looking for in our data or in the strategy, we can have a tendency to kind of get lost in maybe these steps don't exist. Maybe we don't really know what we're looking for on, on the marketing strategy. And so as a result, we don't really know what we're looking for with the student journey. Um, as we go into these five steps today, what you're going to take away, and, and we will be sending out the uh, both the recording and the slide deck after. So you have this as a reference point because there are a lot of really good takeaway resources in here that I want you to have as, as you move forward. So um, these five steps will help you to really analyze the student journey, these steps here in the student journey. And again, what we're doing well, what we're not doing so well so that we can improve that process and get more um, out of out of our outcomes and out of the student experience. The marketing conversation, what we're doing with marketing, um, the effectiveness of that strategy, that is a, um, a, a different data set that you want to make sure if you don't have that created, there are some suggestions in, in, in here on one of these steps of how we want to be assessing that, both uh, if you're working with an external firm or if, if you're working with a team internally. So the most common gaps we typically see in the student journey, that timeline that we were just looking at, is usually uh, for your whatever, it, however you refer to, to, the, to the position, whether it's recruiter, advisor, counselor, um, maybe you have a frontline team that drives your students through to talk to your counselors. How, however you refer to that role or that position, we typically see um, gaps in the student progressing through uh, into the next steps. And we see that because our teams don't feel comfortable with how to set those next steps um, or even making enough solid contact with the student to where we're able to have a conversation, whether it be text, phone, or email to drive that next step forward. So our timelines on student progression are either non-existent or really broad. We typically see a gap in inquiry management and lead nurturing processes. They're not consistent. They're not clear. Um, there's no way to measure what's working. Uh, we also, again, see that skill set gap, uh, unclear of really how to ask the student about the next step that they're taking, or even ask the student if they're ready to complete an application. Um, do their testing, whatever that next step might be. Again, we see that that skill set gap there with our teams. Uh, and going in, uh, I'll, continuing along that skill set uh, gap theme, if you will, uh, our teams lack informed um, tools to help them progress students. So you start you're starting to see a lot with how are we supporting our teams so that they can then really represent us how we want to be represented in the student experience. And then that last bullet there, there's not enough student support and pre-class preparation. We oftentimes see a, um, if there is a focus on the funnel, it's that, that focus from inquiry to getting the student to do an application or sometimes even inquiry to getting the student uh, ready to go, all of their documents ready to go, but then there's no work done with the student to really prepare them for class. So again, these are the most common gaps that we're going to see uh, that impact that overall, uh, are we able to increase 
um, our outcomes, increase revenues, and most importantly, improve the student experience. Those gaps that we just looked at are typically the most common ones that we see. So here are some questions for you to consider. There's a really great video at the end of this that we won't have time to watch in this session. But again, uh, consider this, this PowerPoint presentation, this deck that you're gonna receive. It really is a toolkit for you to take away uh, with a lot of uh, good resources. And the video at the end of this um, is one of those resources to take a look at. I won't spoil the surprise, but uh, once you get it, make sure that you spend two or three minutes watching it. It's, it's super intriguing and um, it really sets up the, the landscape of what we can do to uh, disrupt and innovate and improve higher ed um, and correlates it to uh, the fast food industry. So uh, make sure you take a look at that when you get it. So really thinking about questions to, to consider from where you sit today, but look at this from the student's perspective. If you were the student going through your process, what, what does the student journey feel like? Use words to describe this. Maybe have your team um, uh, use words to describe this and be honest with yourselves around what those words would be if you were assessing your current processes from the student's perspective as it stands today. So if, if you were a student going through your current processes, how would you feel about the level of service and support and experience? Um, how would you feel about how the team has supported you as a student and making you feel like you can do this? Are there enough support structures in place to really speak to those feelings that students are having as they begin to make this transition? Uh, either into school for the first time or back into school? What structures and processes and systems do you have in place um, that, or not in place that are creating the largest gaps in, in your student experience? Do you even know? A lot of times what we find is the higher up we go, the more removed we get from that frontline student experience. And I really encourage you to plug into the day-to-day -day of, how each inquiry is moving through the process. Even if you don't have your hands in and making changes on it, have your hands in understanding it, because if you can understand it, then you can strategize with the team to make a change and really close those, those gaps that, that exist in the student experience. What are your differentiators for success? Do you know, do they, do they exist? Do you know what they are? Does your team know what they are? And most importantly, are they actually showing up that way in the student experience? Or is it something that we just use for a marketing strategy? Is it something that we write down and, and tell our president or our teams, this is how we do things. But at the end of the day, when things go get executed, that's not how it happens at all. So I'm sure if you all think about your own consumer experiences, whether you're on the line with a customer service representative or you go in to buy a car or purchase a home, you can think about what your experience was like. And I'm sure you probably have a lot of feedback on that experience, positive or negative. Think of this in the exact same way. So last bullet here to think about before we uh, go into the five things, five steps that you need to be aware of before you spend another dollar on your marketing is how can your institution maximize and leverage your internal resources? Where do we have opportunities to do things better without having to spend any more money on technology or staffing or people? You would be surprised how often just improving or refining 
uh, some of your processes will make a significant difference in, in the outcome. And that doesn't cost any money. So here are your five steps. Step one, identify your key market opportunities and build your strategy. We're going to talk more about what that means. Again, each one of these steps has two or three slides defining it. We're not going to spend all that time uh, today with me going through each, each, uh, each bullet in detail, but this will give you a high level of what you're looking at. Attract and connecting, really engaging the student. That is about your student conversation, your frontline people, your, their skill sets, and the process that they have from the first time that they connect with that student to when that student decides, hey, this isn't for me, or yes, I want to move forward. Oftentimes, we just get these buckets of inquiries, and maybe we're not following up with them at all. Maybe they get one or two touch points. Maybe um, they... They come to us from an application and, and then we pick them up and take them through the process. Really think about how are you managing that student experience? What systems, processes, uh, skills are in place to, to have that student experience be what, what you want it to be? And a good indicator of that, if you think about a garden hose, right, or any sort of hose, if there is a kink in that hose, you're not going get, to get as much water out of the end of that hose. So think of, think of your process and your current system. Where are the kinks in your hose that you need to spend some time investing in, whether it be process, time, coaching, skill set development, to unkink that hose so naturally you can get more water moving through, uh, move th moving through the other end, which in this case equate, equates to more students. So thinking about the student journey all the way through, the infrastructure, the processes. So step three is more the step two is more the conversation. Step three is about that infrastructure and the process. Step four is that pre-class preparation support. Step five is really thinking about the data. What data are we looking at? Are we looking at any data at all? And then what are we making it mean? I can't tell you how many times I go into work with a client and we either don't have any data that we're looking at, or we look at it from a really high level and we're not able to draw strong conclusions around what, is, what does the data mean from the day-to-day -day and how are we using it? Sometimes data can be misused in these environments where we really look at it from it's bad or it's good, rather than what story is the data telling us? And that would be another takeaway that I would encourage you to think about when you, when you look at your data points, what is the storyline in the data? Um, where, where does the data start to help you figure out where you need to do some target coaching or creating target strategies or specific strategies to really close those gaps, unkink the hose so you can drive those outcomes, increase those revenues. So step one, key market opportunities. This is where knowing why you are different in your market is important. Market share nowadays is, um, it's everybody's going after the same piece of pie, right? So you have to really know who are we as an institution and who do we serve? The video that I mentioned that's at the end of this PowerPoint deck uh, leaves you with the question of, why would a student hire a university? Think of that. Think of that for a minute. Why would your students hire you to do the job of getting them 
to graduation, helping them achieve their goals? Why would they hire you? And what type of student is going to hire you based off the product that you offer? Let that really sink in for a minute. If you are trying to offer your product to anybody and everybody through the same channels that you've been doing before, you're probably looking at that marketing budget going, we need to add more and more and more and more because the best that you're probably going to see on a digital marketing strategy usually is about one to 3%, which is why you constantly have to add more money to that bucket to get the same number or more out of that bucket. If we think about your key market opportunities more strategically, you're going to be thinking about in your geographic area or maybe even outside of your geographic area, right? We think broader, we think bigger. It's a, it's a, you know, um, it's an open world nowadays in terms of who we can reach with technology. Think about what product do you offer and who would buy that product to get them to graduation? Then the next question becomes, how do you find that person? Where do those people, quote unquote, live? Where will you find them? What organizations, what companies, what places? How do you get in front of them? But thinking about your product from the standpoint of what is the differenti differentiated product that we have to offer that's different than our neighbors? And why is it different? And how are we sh sharing that and telling that in our story? So that's step one. If you're not clear on who you're going after and how you're doing that outside of just a digital marketing strategy, there's an opportunity for you and your marketing team, whether it's internal or external, to sit down and think about how you can do more organic outreach um, or more organic lead generation. The pushback that I usually hear is uh, on this one is we don't have enough people, right? We don't have enough staffing. And I get that. And I get that that's a very real scenario. But again, the world of technology that we live in, if we think about how can we develop webinars or um, uh, information that we're sharing with potential clients or companies, go to a company. And, and if you really want to become their partner, it's not about just signing an articulation agreement and giving them a 10% discount. If you really want to become somebody's partner in education, you want to go to them with, with, um, with a pitch to say, hey, what skills do your people need and how can we fill that gap? Then you go in and you offer to do a free course once a quarter on professional communication, time management, what, whatever that skill opportunity is, that's what you offer. So figure out what are the key market opportunities for your organizations, um, community organizations, where do they have skill gaps that you as educators can come in and offer to close that gap with a free course. Now you're offering something to them and presenting yourself as a give back rather than showing up and saying, here's a discount, send students our way. So really thinking about those elements of your key market opportunities and how you are currently positioning yourself in your market. And this is an opportunity for you to be honest with yourself too. Are you positioning yourself, your institution as, hey, send us students, we want more students, or are you positioning yourself as, we're giving back to the community in this way. And hey, by the way, if, if you're interested in earning a certificate or an associate's degree, um, 
you know where to find us, right? So something to think about on step one. And there's a lot to pull apart here on the key market opportunities. So what I want to offer you as we go through the remaining four steps is to really think about what's resonating with you. Where is that kink in your, um, in your marketing hose? And looking for opportunities to unkink that. Spend some time there on the strategy and prioritizing. Step two, attracting and connecting, really engaging the student. This is that conversation part of engaging the student with your recruiters, your counselors, whomever's having that first conversation, whether it be phone, email, or text. The other pushback I hear a lot of, a lot of times right, right now is, is people say, well, students don't want to talk over the phone. They, they, they don't want to Zoom. They don't want to this. Well, there might be some truth to that. I know we probably all avoid our cell phones or our voicemails or whatever, like the plague, unless it has to do with work. But the reality is, is, is you want to think about how you're engaging with that student, how your teams are engaging with that student, how you're providing value for them to want to engage. And what is the process that you're offering to have that, that conversation? So there's a lot more uh, that we could talk about on this. We actually did a webinar last month on the six steps to breaking down the student conversation. Uh, and, and, and that is really all about this step two. How do you teach your teams how to have a real, authentic, meaningful conversation um, that creates clarity? that engages the student in a meaningful way and doesn't, isn't just a transactional go through the list type of conversation. So a lot here, there are some toolkits on our website that you can dig into um, that we offer kind of like a, a do it yourself. Here's all the resources, go coach and train your team. Um, we're also coming out with a certification course where we're gonna help you coach and train and support your teams as well. This, this really is an area that gets overlooked all the time. But if you take the time to invest and coach your people, that whole student experience will be entirely different. And what you will see in the numbers will also be entirely different. Um, I'll leave this for you to, to take a look at on your own. This is actually a case study that we did a couple years ago around mystery shopping. And what we found out from sampling 24 schools and you would be surprised out of these 24 schools, if you take a look, um, 21 out of 24 schools could not provide clear tuition and fees. Now imagine you're going in to buy a car and the salesman says to you, just pick the one that you like, here are the keys, we'll put the bill in the mail. I don't know how many of you, of you that would actually go in and purchase a car that way, but if you think about the equivalent to that consumer journey concept, that is essentially what we are asking a prospective student to do if we don't advise them or help them through how they're going to pay for school. And I'm not talking, you know, hey, financial aid will help you with that or financial aid's responsible for that. Your frontline people need to have coaching and support on, I call it, we call it the cost conversation. If you're curious and you want to know more there, we actually offer a free download called the Cost Conversation Map on the U-School website. Go there, download the map. It's got a ton of resources, all compliant with the Department of Education and really how to have that conversation. Go check that out. Um, but this case study, you can circle back and, and take a look at some of the specifics there. Here's another slide on what that looks like. 
I don't think any of your institutions are on this, this slide. So that's a good thing. Um, but that's really helping us understand, as you see here, what we heard from that mystery shopping exercise. These are, you know, actual um, pieces of the conversation that you can think about the power of that student experience and how that's either helping progress the student forward because they feel good about what you're offering or not. So for the sake of time, you can kind of see the breakdown of, of the conversation here. I'm going to kind of move through a little bit uh, more quickly to get you all on your way right at 1230. Um, so think about what tone do you set? What is the first impression? Put yourself in the student's shoes. The student journey. This slide is busy. It's busy for a reason. These are just a handful of the touch points that have to happen in the process from prior to that student becoming a lead. So prior to lead gen, that's what that means, all the way through to when the student starts class. If you don't have a solid handle on your processes from inquiry to class start and breaking down, sitting with your recruiter saying, what are we doing You know, when we, when we get the prospective student? What happens? Do we have a consistent strategy? How do we know that we're doing it? What's the effectiveness of it? Then what do we do in a conversation? What does your student conversation sound like? What do you do after you have a conversation? How do you set next steps? All this is interconnected. So really looking at your infrastructure and your processes. That student journey, we're all human beings, right? So the one common thread that we have as human beings are our emotions and our beliefs about ourselves and our self-confidence. We all know that applies the same way for a student. So whether you believe it or not, what your students believe about themselves in this process about being successful matters. It matters as to whether or not they're going to stay persistent and actually start or continue on. And what your teams do or don't do also matters. So think about this model there, like it all, that, that beliefs model of their self-confidence, the results, all it takes is one one slip up along the way or us not being close enough to hold their hand or us not having our process in place to get them ready to know what to expect. And that student is already thinking, I can't do this. I can't be successful. So look, taking a look at your process as you support the student from, you know, that, that um, once they're registered, deposited, whatever term you insert there, all the way to when they actually start class. What is your system? What support structure do you offer? And if it's a staffing issue where your people are already strapped with all the things they have to do, identify one or two things that you can offer to your students so that they feel like they can be successful. They feel supported along that journey. So again, if it's not a whole process, what are the one or two things that you can promise your students that you're going to do for them every single time uh, when they make this transition into class so that they are able to transition in feeling confident, feeling successful, feeling excited and prepared and ready to go. If we are not generating those feelings as a university, if we're not, um, if we don't have a system in place to help our students feel that way, we really have to take a step back and look at what are we doing then? Because if we're not doing that, then we're probably creating the opposite. And 
It doesn't do you any good to keep dumping a bunch of water in the bucket if it's got holes in the bottom. So this step four is about filling the holes in your bucket. Step one, two, and three is about adding more into the bucket, right? So if we're dumping water in, we got to make sure we're plugging the holes with step four so it's not all leaking out the bottom. Some more reflective questions here. Think about this from your student's perspective, not yours. Not the perspective of we don't have enough staffing, we wish we could do better, uh, we hope that it's working out. Think about what it feels like for them and then step back and look at the resources that you have and figure out, again, what are those one or two things that you can do to create that feeling of excited, prepared, confident. They're gonna be nervous, that's okay, but we wanna make sure we've done our due diligence so that all those other feelings can be mitigated. Step five, your data, right? What story is the data telling you? If you're operating up here with data, you're not, not going to be able to identify those in the weeds gaps that are really causing those, the kinks in the hoses. So oftentimes we look at, you know, percentage of male, female, race, gender, ethnicity, program, all that's great institutional research data, but that's not helping you figure out what's going on in the process in the day-to-day. The quantitative examples at the bottom of this slide will give you some ideas of where can you begin to track this stuff. And listen, you don't need a system to help you track it. Get an Excel spreadsheet, have your people buy into what are the three or four core indicators that we're going to track on a regular basis that's going to give you that health of process and strategy. And it's going to be a little bit of a shift for them if it's something new that they're doing, but I promise you it is worth it because you'll actually be able to do uh, or be more strategic with your coaching and more strategic with your, with your efforts and more strategic with your marketing dollars. Right now, if you're not looking at data, uh, whether it be for the student experience or on the marketing side, you might as well just open up the window and throw dollar bills out because that's pretty much what's happening um, with that one to 3% conversion that you're likely getting. When you start to get way more organic with your lead generation, those key market opportunities we were talking about earlier, thinking about the product that you offer and who is going to buy that product, that's when you start to move into that 10, 15, 20, 25% conversion on those leads, which is going to cost you way less, if nothing at all. And they're going to stick they're going to stay. They're going to offer, the, the return on investment is going to be much higher than dumping two, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars in a digital marketing strategy. Again, I'm not saying it's an either or, it's an and, but help yourself be more strategic with this so that you know the dollars that you're spending are being spent intentionally. When you look at the deck, these are some additional quantitative indicators to take a look at. So Lots of ideas here for you to get into the weeds if you don't know how, if you're sitting there going, that sounds great, but I don't even know where to begin with this. This is your slide to, to start to think about what quantitative indicators, where should you begin with tracking? Here's an idea of what your coaching toolbox can, can look like with your teams. We offer quite a bit of help and support. We customize all of our consulting for our clients if you choose to go that route. We work within your staffing, your resources, your budget to make sure that you're getting what you need from, our, from your time with us if you choose to go the route of personalized consulting. So just to throw that out there, we do offer that. We make that as painless as possible. So it's not like this bartering process going back and forth. It's more about, hey, what do you need? Here's how we can help. 
does this fit within what, what you can do financially? And, and, and we work to customize the solutions there for you as well. So if you haven't taken a look at that, make sure you go to our, our website, theuschooledu.org. There's a lot there, including some uh, videos that you can learn use for lunch and learns, that downloadable cost conversation resource that I mentioned earlier. Here are some continued questions for you to think about data analysis. And then here's your video you're going to want to take a look at, Milkshakes and the Theory of Disruptive Innovation. If you've already seen it, watch it again. It's worth it. If you haven't, this is fantastic to share with your teams. Um, and it really gets them thinking about, uh, again, the, the disruptive innovation in, in a completely different way. And, and more importantly, how your teams play a direct role in creating disruption and innovation uh, with, within your institutions. Key questions for you to consider, why would a student hire your university? Again, this is a great team building activity uh, for you to do uh, with your groups, maybe you know, individualized or your team all together. So you will get this deck um, following today's webinar. I hope you enjoyed your time with us today. Uh, please, again, if you haven't, go like us on LinkedIn. There's uh, every day we share a podcast, a resource, or a, um, a case study on our feed. So we're not dumping a bunch of stuff in your feed that, that you don't need. Really trying to bring you value through our, our content, these classroom sessions. We're going to have, uh, you'll see the next topic coming up next month. Uh, so keep an eye out for that uschooledu.org. There's plenty of stuff on there for, for you to take a look at. And if you're interested in one of our toolkits or some customized consulting, please feel free to reach out on our site. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you again for spending your lunch uh, time with us or your 30 minutes with us. And uh, look forward to seeing you all again soon.